What I want to talk to you tonight is, is sort of a Christmas message a little bit about hope. Everybody say hope. Everybody needs hope at Christmas time, especially at Christmas time. Uh, the, the scripture I want to use is Luke chapter 2. And, uh, and I want to read just a few, a few verses here, and then we'll go into, we'll go into the lesson tonight. Uh, let me say that I appreciate you being here tonight. If you're visiting with us, we appreciate so much you being here as well. And we hope this is not your last uh, opportunity to be with us. Uh, verse 1 of Luke chapter 2, it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be uh, taxed or registered. The census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, every one to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house in the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And so it was, while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And now they were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. One translation said they were sore afraid. And then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the Bible said, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. On earth, peace and goodwill toward men. Now, I don't know if you've had a chance to, to think about it or not, but uh, it looks like unless the Lord tarries, in just a few short days, we will have survived another year. We have uh, come through 2018. Matter of fact, uh, some of you are already making plans for 2019. Matter of fact, I've heard of some folks that's already doing their vacations, getting their vacation set for 2019 and taking care of some other things of what you want to take care of. And it's a joy, uh, really, when you think about it, to celebrate another Christmas. I don't know how you are. I've always enjoyed Christmas. I enjoy the festivities of Christmas and all of those things. And it's a joy to, to, to enjoy that. But it seems like the older I get, Paul, the faster Christmas comes every year. Can anybody identify with me? Seems like it gets faster and faster every year. And you wonder, where did the time go? Matter of fact, this year in 2018, when Thanksgiving rolled around, I said, How, where, where did Thanksgiving come from? Man, that's supposed to be four or five months down the road, but yet it was here. And so Christmas is the same way. And so it's a joy to celebrate another year that God has given us. It, it, it reminds us, or it should remind us, rather, of the faithfulness of Almighty God. While we go about our daily routines, in other words, while we go about our, 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 our normal daily things that we do, our work, our talking with peers and talking with family and all the things that we normally do throughout the day, God's faithfulness still rings true to us each and every day. How many would testify? with me that he got you up this morning? How many will testify with me that he put breath in your body today? How many will testify that even though you may be tired tonight, you're still able to come to the house of the Lord and give God glory and give God praise? Every one of us is able to do that. There's some things that we're able to do. And so for that reason, we celebrate simply because Christ is really the reason 
for the season. And really we celebrate because Christ is the hope of the season. We're talking about hope tonight. Because if you, if you look online, if you do a lot of uh, 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 statistics and, and look at this, uh, this season that we're in, there's a lot of people that's depressed during this time. With all the lights, with all the glitter, with all the stuff that's going on, they're depressed. They, they have no hope. They, they can't look forward to the next day. They can't look forward for, for Christmas morning, if you will, with being with the kids and all because of all the problems and all of the things that's going on in their life. Some maybe to their own fault, but maybe some uh, not, so, not so much. But it, it reminds us that Christ is the hope of this season. He's the hope of glory. When you look at this, this background, of Jesus' birth in Luke chapter 2. We know that Mary and Joseph went to, went to Bethlehem. And we know according to Scripture that it was the first census that was ordered by Caesar Augustus. Several months prior, Mary had conceived. She was pregnant, conceived by the Holy Spirit, the Son of God. And now she's getting to this place, Brian, where she's ready to deliver. She's pregnant. She's with child. She's ready uh, to deliver. And so, and so Mary and Joseph is going to Bethlehem to, to take care of this census. And, and the time came for the baby to be born, and, and she gave birth, the Bible says, to a firstborn son. The Bible says she wrapped this firstborn son in clothes and placed him in a manger, and because there was no room for them in the end, we've all heard that story. We've all heard this story that the shepherds were in the field, and they were watching their sheep. They were keeping watch over the sheep, and the Bible said suddenly there was an angel of the Lord. Now, that in itself would startle you, right? That in itself would sort of surprise you in in the out there watching sheep, it's dark. All you can see is the is the is the is the stars, and it's and it's real clear, and everything is is very open and and airish and all of that. And all of a sudden, this angel shows up that says that talks and begins to tell the shepherds these things. Now I don't know about you, but I, I can imagine their fear. When, when night was broken by the brilliance or the radiance, if you will, of this angel, probably you and I would have been astonished too. Probably you and I and, and probably some of these shepherds, they stepped back. Some of these shepherds probably hid behind a rock. Some of these shepherds probably found something, got, got down between the sheep or something because it scared them and, and, and you know, because this, this has never happened before. And the angel came to them and this is what he said. He said, I don't want you to fear. It's already afraid, but don't fear. Fear not. Don't be afraid. When you look in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, the angel said, don't be afraid because I bring you good news, and this will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, I want you to know that a Savior is going to be born to you. He is the Messiah. He's going to be Lord, and this is how you're going to know that this is the one I'm talking about. You'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. You'll find the babe wrapped in cloths, and he'll be lying in a manger. He'll be lying in a feeding trough, so to speak, of the animals. He didn't have no place. To, they had no place to put a Mary and Joseph in the end, so they sent him to this probably a, a dugout cave in the side of a hill or, or a, a rock hewed out or whatever the case may be where the animals, where the animals stayed. And we'll get to that in just a little bit. And the angel itself probably was enough, Brother Adam, to scare somebody. But then the Bible goes on to say that when the angel said that, that all of the sudden there was with him an angel, a multitude. Everybody say multitude. Anybody know how much multitude is? 
A bunch, thank you. A multitude of the heavenly host in Luke 13 that said, suddenly a great host or a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now I want you to picture this, do your best that you can. I was just talking to somebody the other day about, about looking at the stars. I can't remember who it was, but, but down in Mississippi, we, uh, we, my cousin uh, used to do a lot of coon hunting, and I enjoyed going out with him at night. We'd go out around 9, 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. We'd stay to 1, 2 o'clock. But on a clear night, Brother Adam, you could go out in what they called government woods. These government woods would have these big pine trees, and there would be really no underbrush on the ground, and you could go out, and you could lay down on the ground, and you could look up into the sky, and I've never in my life saw the more brighter stars when, it, uh, when you're out there in the woods. You're away from the town. There was these no city lights. There's nothing. You're just out there with, with, uh, with coons, with squirrels, with deer, with coon dogs, and you're just out there laying on the ground. Now, I know some of you say, well, that's stupid, Pastor. Why would anybody go out in the woods and lay down on the ground? Well, try it sometimes. You, you may get amazed at what you see. But it's beautiful if you go out there and you lay down and you begin to see all of the stars. And if you understand anything about the constellations, you begin to pick out the constellations in there, and, and it's, it's beautiful. If you come into the city, you can see the stars, but they're not as bright unless you're in the country somewhere. But the Bible says there was a multitude of the heavenly host. Now, multitude, as you already said, is a bunch of angels. Now, I don't know, the Bible isn't clear, but I'm not sure if these angels all got together, some, if you want to say that they did, that's fine. If they all were together saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. I don't know if they were together or if, if one of them or each of them said it at different times. The point I want to make is after that angel said, fear not, don't be afraid, I bring you good tidings of great joy, there's going to be a baby boy that's going to be born, he's going to be the Messiah, and all of a sudden this multitude of the heavenly hosts joined that angel in the sky, those shepherds had to be freaked out. Had to be. And everybody is speaking glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace. Glory to God in the highest, on earth peace. And they begin to sing. Can you imagine being out there watching sheep? Now, they tell me that sheep is a dumb animal anyway. Hello, right? They're a skittish animal. Matter of fact, you, they won't drink, they say, from a, from a running brook. It has to be a calm brook. So can you imagine the fear that the shepherds had, not only about the angel, not only about the multitude, but trying to keep these sheep together? I don't know what happened to the sheep, but I have a feeling they still stayed together. And the angels is there singing glory to God. And I don't know how many it was, but in my thinking, I, I feel like the sky was filled with angels. Wherever there was a sky, there's an angel. There was a sky, it was filled with angels. Matter of fact, Hebrews tells us in chapter 1, verse 6, that when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let, God, let all God's angels worship him. And so the whole sky was filled with with angels. Get this, get this in your mind. Just picture this. The whole sky was filled. Matter of fact, the book of Revelation tells us the number of God's angels. Revelations 5 and 11, it says this, and I looked and I heard the voice of many numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousands times ten thousands. What's the answer to that? Anybody know? A bunch. 
a bunch. Now, you, you can multiply that, but you can't multiply and understand it's a, it's a hundred, it's, it's 10,000 by 10,000. It's a hundred million, so to speak. And then in addition, the Bible says there's thousands upon thousands, ten thousands upon ten thousands. And so at the birth of Jesus, got this in your mind? There's the shepherd R, there's the angel showing up. Don't be afraid. I'm going to bring you good news tonight. Get out from behind a rock. Get out from underneath the sheep. I'm going to bring you good news. All of a sudden, the sky's filling up with these thousands uh, and ten thousands upon ten thousands of the angels. And at the birth of Jesus, suddenly the sky was filled from horizon to horizon with wonderful angels praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. I, I often wondered what would happen. If in New York City tonight, the busyness of America, you know, the Big Apple, so to speak, right there where that road splits, you know, and that building sits right there, and they have all those, 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 uh, those, those television camera monitors and all that, that right over top, I wonder what would happen if all of a sudden a host of the heavenly angels would appear in that place. What would be on the news at 10 o'clock? What would be on the news tomorrow? What would they say what took place about these heavenly hosts and all these angels? I don't know if Trump would say anything or not. I don't know what CNN would say. I don't know what MSNBC would say. I don't know what ABC or CBS or NBC and all. I don't have a clue what they'd say, but I guarantee this, it would be a phenomenal thing that would be taking place. There'd be some try to say it didn't happen. There's a lot of folks going saying those things right now, right? There's a lot of folks saying Jesus is not coming, right? There'll be some to fall on their knees and worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. There'd be those naysayers and all these things, but, but what would happen? In verse 15 of Luke chapter 2, the Bible says, When the angels had left them and they gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, after the angels, all that, all that spectacle had, had left and departed. This is what the shepherds said. And I, I try to imagine, what would I say? What would we say to one another? But they looked at one another and said, hey, we got to go to Bethlehem. We've got to see this thing. I mean, I don't know what's going to be there. I don't, know, I don't know everything that the angels may be talking about. I don't understand everything that they may be saying. But we've got to go to Bethlehem. I told you Sunday, Bethlehem was that insignificant place back then. It was a place where it's just a small village. But the Bible prophesied that the king of kings and the Lord of lords would be born in Bethlehem. But we've got to go to Bethlehem. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord had told us. And the Bible said in verse 16, they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger, when they seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told them about this child. And all who heard it, now don't miss this, the Bible said all who heard it was amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. Now here's the point. When you tell your story about Jesus, are people amazed today? Let's back up a little bit. Are you telling your story so they can be amazed? Are you sharing the good news of hope, especially at this time of year, to people that need something to hold on to? I was talking to a man the other day on the phone. 
and, he, and I'd already missed him two or three times. And, uh, and he left two or three messages. In Maryland, every message that he left on my phone, he was crying. And he said, I just need, I need help, Pastor. I need help. I have no Christmas for my kids. I have no food in the house. And he, tell, he begins to tell me his story. And I tried to call him back every time, every time. Finally, I get through to him. And he came up and we did help him. And he's, he's walking out the gym the other day. This is what he said. He said, I've never had to do this before. I've never had to be in this place that I'm at before. And when he said that, I could see, Brother Adam, that there was, he was missing hope. He was missing. He, he, he put everything on what he had before. He based everything. He based his livelihood. He based everything on just what he'd done each and every day. And can I tell you, there's thousands upon thousands of people that do that every day of their life. You and I as God's people, we don't put necessarily our hope in our job. We don't put necessarily our hope in our employer or the money or the bank account or whatever. Our hope should be in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not saying those things are not important. That's not what I'm saying. But we base our faith, we base our hope in knowing that Jesus is watching over us every day. Amen. And if it was not for God, none of us would be here today. None of us would be here. And the angel, I mean, the shepherd said, we've got to go see this thing. And all who heard it, when they saw it, they went and they spread it. They spread the information. They testified of what they seen. And everybody was amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. So are people amazed when you tell them the story of Jesus Christ? Are they amazed in the, in the grocery store when you tell the story? Are they amazed at Walmart when you tell the story? Are they amazed in the phone call when, when somebody calls you and just needs some encouragement? Are they simply amazed at what you have to say? Early this morning, I got up real early and I turned, I turned Fox News on. And many of you saw uh, 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 Timothy, uh, um, he's a cardinal in New York, Timothy Donnell, I think is his last name. He's an older man. He's a real famous uh, Catholic priest. And this older man came, in, came, came on the set and, and they asked him a question, tell me the story of Jesus. I said, what? Well, this is great. Tell me the story of Jesus. And he sets up on his seat, and this guy was, you could tell, he was so excited to share the message and the love of Jesus Christ. And what he told was phenomenal. What he told was great. And I sat there in anticipation just listening to every word that he said, and the, and the, and the, and the, and the people that was there was listening to everything. That, and there's no telling how many millions of people heard what this Catholic priest said today, this morning, about the message and the hope of Christmas. The hope of Jesus Christ. And every, as I said, everything that he said was accurate and right on from what, the, from what the word said. And you could tell, you could see it in his eyes. You could see it on his facial features. You could, you could tell it with his body language. He was excited. Now, I'm fixing to hit us a little bit, all right? How many of you have been saved 10 years or less? Let me see your hand. 10 years or less. Okay, how many of you have been saved 20 years or less? Okay, how about 30 years or less? Okay, how about 40 years or less? All right, how about 50 years or less? Okay, how about 60 years or less? All right, 70 years or less? Anybody 80 years or less? <laughs> now I ask that for this, for this reason. Do you remember the night that you gave your heart to the Lord? How you felt? Do you remember that it felt like 
And I don't know, you, you have your own testimony, but, but did anybody feel like that a load had been lifted off of you by giving your heart to the Lord? Did you feel like that something new was taking place and developing in your life that night that Jesus came in? We all had different feelings, but, but, but they're sort of feelings like that. Well, the question I have for us, do we still feel that way? Do we still have that excitement? Do we still have that motivation to share the good news of Jesus Christ? Do we still have that hope that I'm talking about through this word tonight to share? As the shepherds, they told everybody that they, and they, everybody was amazed because that's the message of the angels to the shepherd, the message of hope. It's the message of hope. Now, here's, here's two or three things I want to share with you real quick concerning this message. If you don't know this tonight, then I hope you know this before you leave. Do you understand that you are important to God? You are important to God. Brother Danny, you don't know my background. Don't have to. You're important to God. You don't know what I've done today. Don't have to. You are important to the Lord. When you consider the first announcement of Jesus' birth went to some shepherds. Let's do a little history. I, I preached on this a few years ago. Shepherds of that day was sort of a nobody. They didn't have any clout. They had no bank account. They just lived with stinking rotten sheep all the time. That didn't, that didn't, that wasn't smart. Sheep is ignorant. You're likened to sheep in the Bible. <laughs> don't, don't mean to bust your bubble tonight, but that's how we are likened to sheep. A <laughs> billy goat. <laughs> I don't think that's what the Bible says. That's what Keith said. But they were a nobody. Nobody hung around shepherds. But the first announcement, the angel showed up to a shepherd, a nobody. Now, you may not find that fascinating, but it's sort of cool. He showed up to the shepherds. The only invitation from God to anyone to come and visit Mary, to visit Joseph, and the baby Jesus was to a group of nobodies. Come and see this thing. Don't fear. I bring you good news. I bring you good news. Today, in the city of David, the son is born. I'll call his name Emmanuel. He's the savior of the world. Showed up to shepherds. And so if, 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 if the Lord, if God cared enough about shepherds to have the first announcement of his son's birth to go to them, then surely God loves me then surely God loves you and cares for you. No matter how insignificant that I may think I am and you may think you are, God knows me and God cares for me. And so I am important to God. I'm important to God. Shepherds, as I said, were, were at the opposite end of the, of the social status. And so from, from King Herod to all the influential people of the day, they lived in fields, they lived with animals, they were not respected. Yet God, God's angel came and said, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I don't know, I don't know what, what your condition is tonight. You may feel like that you're overlooked by friends, and you may feel like that you're overlooked by family, and you may feel like that you're overlooked even by society and all these kind of things, but, but God cares for you. God cares for you. And when you look at Scripture, all throughout Scripture, we see God honoring. It's amazing to me. All throughout Scripture, we, we see God honoring and always using people that the world overlooks, doesn't he? All the time. 
Oh, pastor, I can't do nothing for God. That's exactly who he wants to use, is you. I don't have no giftings, uh, uh, pastor. Oh, yeah, that's exactly who God wants to use. I can't get up in front of people and tell people that amazing story that you're told. Oh, yes, you can. That's exactly who God wants to use. He showed up on Gideon one time. Gideon didn't feel like he was nobody. He was the least of his family. He was just hiding behind a wine press, threshing wheat. He didn't have no clue the angel was there, but the angel said, oh, mighty man of valor. So God can use you. 1 Corinthians 1 and 26, the Bible says, brothers and sisters, think of, of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world. Have you, if you don't know this by now, you understand that God does things totally different than the way you and I would do it. A lot of times we put people in positions because of who they are, right? A lot of times we put people in positions because of what they know. A lot of times we put people in positions because of who we think they are and the status and all this that they bring into the church house. But according to the word, God uses the, those that people would think, oh, they can't do anything. And God somehow takes these individuals when they're open. There's, there's the key. You've got to be open to the master's hand. You've got to be a vessel. You've got to be pliable. You've got to be like clay. And if you allow God to work with you, if you will allow God to knock off some rough edges, if you'll allow God to come into your life and stretch your tent cords a little bit, if you'll allow God to come in and change your way of thinking, that's our problem sometimes. We don't want our way of thinking messed up. And God can't use that. We let God go so far and we stop him right there. And God said, I can't use that. You've got to give me everything. I want all of you, all of you. And when we give him all of us, we have a hope that is unlike any other hope in this world. We have a hope, we have an assurance that the Lord is going to watch out after his people. See, when God decided to select a mama for his son, did you notice in Scripture he went past the rich? Did you notice that he went past the influential? And he went to an insignificant village called Nazareth, and he found a little peasant girl who just loved him, who just honored him who just blessed him and praised him, found a little girl. She didn't have designer clothes on. She didn't have the right status in that sense as we know it today. She was not, a, she was not educated or anything, but this little girl by the name of Mary was pure in heart, was pure in heart, and God selected her to be the mother of Jesus. Now, there's a lot of people when I get to heaven, I want to sit down and just talk to. I, you know, you, you, I mean, think about it. I, I, there's a lot of people I just want to sit down. You want to talk to Abraham. You want to talk to Moses. You want to talk to Isaac and Jacob. All these kind of, these great uh, 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 Old Testament uh, leaders of, of, of way back then. But I, was, I want to sit down with Mary, too, and talk to her. Tell me how you felt when the angel showed up. Tell me, tell me a little bit what happened during the nine months you carried the Savior of the world. Because I, there, had, there had to be. The Bible doesn't, it's not clear, Paul, but I guarantee you during those nine months, Mary had some things to, she thought about. Maybe God spoke to her about some things that's not recorded in Scripture, but there had to be some things that, that she just pondered in her heart and was wondering about and thinking about 
of what is this thing? I've not been with man. I'm conceived of the Holy Spirit. No woman since uh, before that and no woman since that has ever happened to. We know that according to Scripture. And God decided to pick this little uneducated girl because she was pure to be the mother of his son. See, when God makes his announcement, it's delivered to the shepherds. And it's like Jesus saying on the Sermon on the Mount, if God cares about sparrows and if he cares about lilies, then he cares about you and I as well. So you're important to the Lord. The second thing I noticed from this scripture that he's going to give us peace, right? Peace on earth, peace on earth. The angel said in verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, peace, on earth, peace, on earth, peace. The angels declared peace on earth. Matthew 2, verses 1 and 2, the Bible says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, the Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it arose, and we have come to worship him. And they asked this question, Where is the King of the Jews born? That was the message of God throughout through the angels that in, in Luke chapter 2, verse 11. Today, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born unto you. He is the Savior. He is the Savior of the, uh, of the world. So he didn't come as a king of Israel. Many times we think that. Jesus didn't come as a king of Israel. Jesus will come as a king in the future, in the near future, but rather the angel gave this, this, this perfect announcement. He said, today in the town of David, he said this. He said, a Savior has been born. Not a king. We call him kings at times, and he is a king. He is our king, right? But that, but, but, but when, the, when the angel came and announced that to the shepherd, he said, today, a savior has been born. Now think about this. In that day and time, as well as today, mankind needed a savior. They didn't need a king. They needed a savior. They needed something bigger than a king. They needed something bigger than a leader. Man needed something to prepare himself for God's future. Man needed forgiveness for his sins. Man needed a somebody that could save him. And so he announced that a Savior was born, and he told who this Savior was. He said his title is going to be Christ. His title is going to be Emmanuel. His title is going to be Messiah. And he's the one that is prophesied in Genesis chapter 3 and prophesied as we preach Sunday to you in so many other Old Testament scriptures that Jesus is our Savior because Jesus, he is the one that brings peace on earth and goodwill to man. Amen. In Romans 5 and 1, the Bible says we have peace through God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In Romans 3 and 23, the Bible says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Sin is bad news. Jesus Christ is the good news. In Romans 6 and 23, the Bible says for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. What? Through Jesus Christ our Lord. So how in the world then am I, can I receive this peace, Pastor? In Acts 16 and 31, the Bible says all you got to do is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. When you're saved, that's when the peace is going to come in. You remember I asked you a few moments ago, how many remembers the first time that you gave your heart to the Lord, how you felt? Did you feel peace? Sure you did. Did you feel lifted? Sure you did. Did you feel overwhelmed a little bit about how actually you felt? Sure you did. Because it was the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ and the peace of the Lord that came in and enriched your soul. Amen. 
That's what he done for us. In Romans 10 and 9, the Bible says, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. So if you want peace, then there's the recipe. You've got to find forgiveness. If you want peace, and many of you have peace, uh, you know what I'm talking about tonight because you've given your heart to the Lord. Very quickly, the, the second thing here, not only is peace, that the Lord gives us help in the present. He gives us help in the present. Every year when Christmas comes, it ought to remind us that he helped us out throughout this year. He's blessed us in 2018, has he not? He's took care of us in 2018. Matthew 1 and 23, the Bible says, The virgin will conceive, give birth to a son, and they'll call his name Emmanuel. And that word Emmanuel simply means he's God with us. He's God with us. Psalms 46 and 1 says this, God is our refuge and he's our strength. He's a very present help in time of need. Or one translation says he's a, time, he's a very present help in trouble. He's a very present help. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me all who are weary and are burdened and I will give you rest. 1 John 2 and 1 says, My dear children, I write this letter to you so you will not sin, but if anyone does sin, we have a helper in the presence of the Father, Jesus Christ, the one who does what is right. And so at the, at the, at the birth, he brought us peace. At his birth, he helps us in the present. At, at, at every end of the spectrum, you had the wise men, you had the magi, you had the whole story there. There were people with a power there. There were people with authority there. There were people with wealth there. There were nobodies there. Insignificant people, yet there was emptiness in their lives. And when they saw the star, they came because they needed help in their daily routine of life. Why else would they leave everything that they knew and follow for weeks and months to find this child? And then the last is this. He not only gives us help for the present, but he gives us hope for the future. He gives us hope for the future. When God gave Jesus, it is hope for the future. Colossians 1.27 says this, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let me read that one more time. One more, Colossians 1 and 20, 27. To them, talking about us, talking about the shepherds of that day, talking about the kings of that day, talking about the people, common people of that day. To them, God chose to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. What mystery? Which is Christ in us, the hope of glory. He's Christ in us, the hope of glory. You know what kept the shepherds going? You know what kept them going every day even after that? It was a hope. It was a hope of a coming Messiah. It was a hope of a coming Messiah. And when the Messiah came, everything would be all right again. And that hope burned in their hearts. It burned in their lives at the people of Israel. Think about this. You know what keeps you and I going today? It's hope. What kind of hope, Pastor? It's the hope that we understand the fact that Jesus said one day, I've got to go away, but if I go away, I'm going to come again. It's a hope that we have every day. Some people don't understand it. Some people don't get it. They don't have a clue what you and I are talking about. But it's a hope that we have that one day we'll hear the trumpet sound. Right? And so we hold on. We hold on to him. You know what keeps the wise men going? It's hope. Every, every time they would go out, 
Can you imagine every night after that how many times they'd go out and look at the sky? I wonder what's going to take place tonight. I wonder if an angel is going to happen. I don't know how long they've done that, but I don't know if, if all that took place. Man, it seemed like we ought to do that every night. Lord, what, what's, going to, what's going to take place tonight? It was one of the most phenomenal things that had taken place. It, it, nothing like that had ever happened before. Nothing like that had ever happened since. But to these lowly shepherds, God showed up. God showed up. After meeting baby Jesus, Luke chapter 2, verse 20, the shepherds returned, the Bible said, and, and I like this scripture. They returned, and now as they returned, they glorified God. They praised God for the things that they seen. They praised God for the things that they heard. They praised God for the things that they were told. They give God honor and they give God praise. What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm telling you, that was a meeting that took place in that, in that sky. There was a meeting that took place between, between these angels and God and these shepherds that changed their whole perspective of how they saw things. Now, if you don't hear nothing else I've said tonight, and I hope you hear this, if we ever need a perspective change, we need it now. I'm not trying to get on to anybody, but this is what I fear. I fear we, we understand this scripture thing a lot. We understand the Bible thing. We understand Jesus coming back. But we are not as motivated as we could be. Now, let's just be honest with ourselves. We're not as enriched, if you will, as we could be. I'm not saying, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just making a statement here. You have to decide where you are. Am I as excited or enthused about this man called Jesus that I was 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago when I gave my heart to the Lord? Or has this church thing just sort of settled on us? We can talk about it, and we, we, you know, we can say all kinds of things about it. Well, Pastor, you're, you're not supposed to act crazy all the time. I'm not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about acting crazy. You ain't got to act like me. I'm talking about in your heart. Are you still in love with him? like he was? Is that love growing every day? Is that love enriching every day, especially at this time of year, Christmas time, when everything points back to Jesus? Everything points back. That's why you have so many people that tries to do away with everything at Christmas. They don't want the cross. They don't want the manger. They don't want nativity sets. They don't want nothing because everything in this season and this holiday points back to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when we come into the house of the Lord, to me, this is what I'm thinking, whether I feel like it or not, I need to give him praise, right? I need to give him honor. Whether I feel like it or not, I, I need to put my feelings aside, and Lord, I, I, need, to, I need to see you as, as the shepherd saw those angels, and those multitude of angels in the, in the sky, praising you and giving you honor and giving you praise. The angels is a lot older than me and you are. And the last time I checked, they're still praising God. Matter of fact, Revelations tells us that elders are bowed before the throne, crying every day, holy, 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 the Lord God, which was and is and is to come over and over and over and over again for millions of years. They're still crying that. 
and they don't get tired of it. Amen? So Isaiah 41 and 10, they changed the perspective. They were joyful. They were jubilant. And in spite of their hardships, they found joy and hope. Isaiah 41, 10 says this, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not, be, do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. Matthew 28 and 20, some of you all need to take this home. And surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. The gift of Christmas is hope for you and I. The gift of Christmas for us as God's people is we have a hope. Amen. In the Lord Jesus Christ. I have a hope every day when I get up knowing that he's, on, he's by my side. He's, he's for me. And let me close with this scripture, Romans 15 and 13. It says, may the God of hope, what we've been talking about this whole, this whole time, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We have a hope in Jesus Christ. Now, did everything go like I wanted it to go this past year, Pastor? Probably not. There's some things I can look back on and say, boy, I wish that had been different. Wish I'd have made that decision different. Wish I wouldn't have done that. Wish I'd have changed some thought process up there. Everything didn't, didn't work out the way we wanted it to work out. But in the midst even of all of that, I can still stand before you tonight and say, I have hope. You can sit before me and you can say the same thing. Hey, Pastor, I have hope. In the midst of all the struggle, in the midst of all the pain, in the midst of all the joy, in the midst of all the good things or bad things or whatever you want to label it, I still have hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible is full of it. We have hope. Don't ever lose your hope in Christ. Don't ever lose your hope in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you tonight. What a joy it is to be in your house what a joy it is, O oh God, to understand that this Christmas, Lord, uh, not counting all of the, all the gifts that we may open up or not counting all the nice things that people may say or, or anything like that, God, we have hope in you. We have a hope in you that we can rest assured knowing that you're by our side, that you live with us, you walk with us, you talk with us each and every day. Help us as your people to see you the way that we need to see you. Open our eyes. Help us to get a visual of you, O oh God, as never before. Help us to understand the fact that you're coming soon. You're coming soon as a king, as a king of kings and lord of lords. Thank you, God, for being our savior.